Welcome to Podcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Podcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Welcome to this episode of Podcast. My name is Amelia Wright and I'm joined today by Nikki Rowland to talk through further the five hours of recovery. Hi Nikki, how are you today? Hi Amelia, I'm really good, thank you. Busy but buzzing. Busy but buzzing, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us again today. So um, we've spoken to you previously um, about a couple of the the elements of the five R's of recovery. So we've gone through regroup and resolve. Um, last time we heard from Al, uh, Andy. Um, so on this occasion, we're we're heading over to the fourth one, which is retrain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously we, we've kind of, we're probably, now we're fourth into the, the series. We've probably got a good idea of what the overview of the five R's of recovery is. Yes. Um, so in terms of retrain, um, probably you know what it says on the tin but the way that you've got about telling us more about regroup and resolve I'm sure you've got loads more to kind of expand on that so are you able to explain a bit more about retraining the team and why that's important especially at the moment most definitely Amelia and I just want to sort of recap what we're saying about regroup I talked about interviews with your team members not interviews interviews where you sit down with your team member and actually find out what the motivating factors are what their limiting beliefs are, what they might be anxious about. And actually part of the interview sort of rolls into an appraisal and actually looking at setting objectives for, for the team members in the next in the coming year. So they've got a personal focus um, and, a, and objectives to meet for themselves personally. But those objectives, personal objectives, should fit into the bigger business picture which Andy talked about on Rebuild last time. So all of these five R's sort of fit together. Um, As everything, yeah, we've spoken about that before. Everything just fits in so nicely. They all sort of interconnect. So retrain, once you've got your um, idea of where you want to take your business in the future, you might have a formal business plan. You might have just set yourself some SMART objectives or KPIs, but actually retrain is your team having a view, having an intelligent awareness in the business of where the business is going. So they're going on the journey with you. Okay. And then when they understand where they fit into the bigger picture, and we've talked about those cogs in the engine, haven't we? That each of your team members is a cog in the engine. They need to know which way to turn and how quickly to turn in the engine to mesh with other team members to drive the business forwards, that machine forwards. So each of those cogs has to be well-serviced, highly tuned, and well-oiled. And that's the the training element in my mind. Or slightly different analogy, your team are players on a football pitch. Yes. Everybody has a part to play. They've got a position, and they absolutely know what they're on that pitch to achieve. Yes. That team works cohesively, they work together with a common focus, which is we want to walk away with the trophy or we want to be the biggest and the best. So you can you can take either of those analogies really. But essentially, retrain 
um, off the back of talking about resolve is almost starting with a clean slate, isn't it? Dealing with any issues you yeah. have historically. So we've got that clean slate. And then how do we build our team from the bottom up? Yeah. So yeah, I'm not start saying, you know, clean sheet with each team member. Everybody's got skills, they've got knowledge, they've got um, different approaches to things. Um, but retraining for me is actually sitting down with that team member and saying, look, we're living in a very, very different world. The way that we're working is very different. And as such, we want to support you and train you to be the biggest and the best as we always have. Um, but in this new world, that might look slightly different. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of practices know that appraisals, that yearly appraisals are um, an obligatory event and CQC will want to see evidence for them. But for me, working in the world of compliance, if you really, truly want an outstanding report from the CQC moving forwards and to really demonstrate that you're well led, for me, it's about drilling down into the fine detail of the support and the training that each team member needs. So I talk about skills gap analyses um, and I call okay. them an ask. So essentially, we look at attitudes, skills and knowledge. And right. the reason that my skills gap analyses are structured this way is, is off the back of some research that Harvard University did many years ago but I think it's actually more relevant than ever before and this is the importance of retraining your team is that they they took the, the research at Harvard University that they literally looked at the top 100 businesses globally so across the world why were businesses so successful and why did they supersede their competition and, 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 and really be the biggest and the best against, you know, adversity? You know, we've, we've yeah. had economic crashes in various parts of the world, but some businesses survived, some didn't. So why was that? When they drilled down even further into that, it was about the people in the business. They were the driving factor. And as I said on a previous R, my belief, you don't build a business, you build your team. Yes. And you build them to be the biggest and best. They will build you, your business for you then. And I absolutely believe that. But going back to this research, what Harvard University came up with was the concept um, of the triangle of success. Okay. And on each side of the triangle, when they looked at those people in those successful businesses, there was three key elements, their knowledge, their skills, and their attitudes. Now, right. when they come down into that triangle of success, 55% of the success of those businesses globally, and this was a common theme, it didn't matter what culture you came from, it was down huh. to the attitudes of those wow. individuals in the business, 55%. So, you know, and what I, what I say when I'm coaching and I say on the course is that what are the two things that we recruit for? in our practices, skills and knowledge. Skills and knowledge, yeah. We don't tend to look at attitudes and behaviors and whether somebody's gonna fit into the culture. We might have a gut feel, but we don't actually interview yeah. in and around their attitudes and behaviors. So yeah. potentially, if we're only looking at less than half the picture, we could be throwing a grenade into our practices. Yeah. Um, so that that's, 
the first sort of thought about it. But the other, the other reason, and going back to the skills gap analysis and why I call it an ask, you, we are, you know, as leaders, we appraise our team members on skills, knowledge, and attitudes, not just the skills and the knowledge, because the attitude is the fuel to the fire of the business. And we so need how, to be... There, yeah, I'm just, just going to interject there with, because yes. obviously for, from when you're explaining that to me, I'm thinking that, well, knowledge and skills, I can probably easily go, can you answer this question? Can you answer this question? Tick, tick, okay. Did you drill down then into looking to how you can look at that attitude or how you quantify it, how you measure it? Yes, we do. We do. Okay. So essentially, let's go back to somebody's job description because this, this is the starting point. And again, what I see inherently when I do consultancy and practices is that somebody's issued a job description when they're first employed. It goes in their personal file and collects dust for eternity. Yes. <laughs> it should be a living document that is reviewed every year, if not more often with the new SOP. You know, everybody's working in a slightly different way. So part of, of regroup is actually revising people's job descriptions. So it absolutely mirrors what they, they're currently doing in the practice. And if something ch changed, it needs to be changed in the document as well, because you can't hold people to account if there's no reference tool. No, very good point. Um, so that's the starting point. Now, as things change in the job description, it's year after year after year. What you do is you pull out the new stuff from that job description and you translate it across to your, your skills gap analysis to your ask. Right. It's a very simple scoring tool. It's out of it's naught to three. So okay. the, the leader of the manager, whoever's doing the assessment in the business. They look at it objectively and they look at, in the three columns, knowledge, skills and attitude, they score it out of three and essentially three is what you're hoping to achieve in all three columns. Okay. But um, let's say you get a one, a two and a one. Yes. Okay. Okay. We, we're, we're aspiring to get a three. So Always want the high score. <laughs> high scores, don't we? And that's, the aspiration for the yeah. team as well, because they you score it objectively they um, subjectively score it as well and you compare and contrast the, the the scores so why do they think they're good at something and you can visibly see that the standards aren't as good as they should be so you can firstly right. have that conversation but secondly when you've put you know you've had that conversation you can you can amalgamate the scores um and agree a score and then it's, let's say you only get a one yes. on something and it needs to be a three. That highlights quite a significant gap, gap. in yes. first knowledge, skills or attitudes, whatever it might be that you've highlighted. So that might then flag, flag up quite a formal training requirement yeah. to, to fill the gap. If it's a right. two, if it's a two, it may be that when you've had that conversation, you drill down into, into why something's a two and somebody's confidence isn't that great. So their attitude to doing the job isn't as good as it could be. It may be that they did a course a year ago. They've got the knowledge, they've got the skills, but their attitudes towards the activity is poor because they yeah. haven't 
it for a year, it, it might just flag up that they need to buddy up with somebody who can handhold them through it till the confidence is raised and they can then do it on their own independently. So this tool is very simple, but very effective in helping to flag up whether it's a knowledge, a skills or an attitude deficiency. So you can then support the team member and in inject the training at the right level. Excellent. And then it's, it, you know, it's, it's a collaborative thing as well. So it, it's not yeah. just... You know, like you say, that person who's got the skills and the knowledge, they're saying, well, what am I, you know, I'm doing it on a, on, you, on a piece of paper. I'm ticking the boxes. Yes, but exactly. Then you can quantify, well, yes, you are. However, which, you know, that's... Yes. that's I, I really do agree. And as a visible manager, you know, if you're leading your team visibly and, you you, you know, you, you walk around your practice and you, you, you're always looking at standards and the way that people behave, you then got the evidence to say, look, you might think you're doing this well, but I've picked something up. Yes. So why is that happening? I'm here to support. I want you to be a three. What do we need to do together to make sure you're a three? Yeah. And it's that handholding again that we, we've spoken about previous occasions. Yeah. And, and actually being a supportive leader who will say, look, I'm here to support you. Because again, one of, the, one of the things, and this is why it's so important to re retrain your team at the moment, and this is a big mistake I made when I had my business, was being too forgiving of people's deficiencies and actually ending up doing the job for them. Yes. But I was too helpful to my people and I made them helpless. But what did that do? It meant, it meant that my workload was put on the back burner while I dealt with yeah, the I, doing it for them and at the end of the day I, you know I think what I used to do was sit at my desk at the end of the day and think my interest still full I've done that for them why do I need them in my business if I'm doing the job for them I think we, we could all identify with that to a certain extent yeah. we think it's a it's a popular kind of cartoon skit isn't it well, you're not going to learn unless you do it yourself. And then that person starts it. No, here, you're not doing it right. Let me do it for you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I think that's a key leadership skill is delegating, letting go of a, a little bit of that control. So people are empowered. You're training them. You're training them. You're doing your skills gap analyses. You're giving them the training. We need to be confident in, in allowing our teams, our team members, to implement what they've learned. Yes, they are still learning. They're not going to know everything. And we often learn through experience, don't we? So we have to trust them, empower them, and then say to them, look, go and, go and implement it. If, if you still feel you need support or you're not doing it as well as you know you can, for whatever reason, come back talk to me and I can then help support you to achieve that's what my that's my role in the business as a leader is to orchestrate things that's that's really like interesting to talk about because one of the things I did want to ask you about was empowering because yes. like you say I think it's it's you know it, it gives that not control like I'd say and I think that's probably what's hard for some leaders giving some control over um, but I think that's what makes a good team as well, isn't it? Everybody's got 
something to add, a skill to add, to bring to the table that maybe somebody else doesn't have. Yeah. So, you know, that empowering, I think that you, when I've seen it in your, your article as well, um, again, it's another really important thing that you know, everything we talk about here seems to be, oh, and another important thing and another important thing. But, you know, I think that one's probably where a lot of people might struggle a little bit more. Yes, and part of retrain that element of, of the course is about empowering your team. It really is. And, you know, if somebody's done something really well, you've handed it to them, you've trusted them to do it, you've handed over that control and they've done a really good job with it, reward them. Go and have a conversation, say, I really wanted to say thank you today for doing an amazing job. And they'll go, okay, um, don't I do a good job every day? The most powerful thing, the most empowering thing you can do is back up your thank you with the evidence that you have yeah. seen. So it's having that conversation. I just wanted to thank you for an amazing job today. I saw you talking to that patient. You did an amazing job. The way you interacted with that patient, the massive smile on their face when they left the business today, you did a cracking job. And, you know, you can then say, well, you know, how you dealt with that, we want the rest of the team to deal with that. So you can empower them and say, you know, can you buddy up with somebody and actually show them how to do that? Yeah. And I guess then they get proud and then they want to do that more and more. They keep Self wanting that acknowledgement. Yeah, it's self-perpetuating. It, it really, really is. And I think the other thing that you can do in your business when we're talking about empowerment is having a reward system within your team. And I know a lot of businesses do financial rewards. Um, the way that I prefer to do it and did it in my business was we used to vote every week as a team in the team meetings. We had weekly team meetings. We all yeah. voted for one of our colleagues who we thought had gone the extra mile that week, put their name on a ticket, put it in a box. And we did that every week. And we were quite a big team. So there's lots of tickets in the box. At the yeah. end of the month, somebody, you know, we just asked somebody to pick a ticket out of the box. And it's that person whose name was on the ticket who got the reward that month. And they were I, employee of the month. I was going to say, it doesn't necessarily need to be something materialistic. It's the, um, it's the recognition and the acknowledgement that you've done something. It is. And I think the empowering thing is that it's their colleagues who voted for them. It's not the management team going, oh, picking somebody out and saying, oh, you were special this month. It's your yeah. colleagues who voted for you. And how amazing is that when you think, oh yeah, my colleagues think I'm great. You yeah. just be bigger and better again. And Absolutely. Everybody wants that kudos in the business. So they work even harder because they want to be employee of the month. And I suppose it drives confidence as well. And ultimately you want yeah. people to be confident. It does. And, you, you know, you might have a physical reward that goes hand in glove with that to make it a little bit extra special. So everybody knows that there's something to aspire towards as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess as well, just thinking about when you when you're talking about doing that and it, we're talking very much about um, empowering employees or well, within the retrain aspect of the, the five hours. But I'm guessing that retrain doesn't necessarily need to be about your members of your team that you know, you're a leader of. I suppose it, it affects you as a leader as well. So you are having to retrain yourself to empower these people and you know identify these gaps and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so this business recovery certificate 
is a manager, you know, any management team member's opportunity to retrain. Mm. Yeah. Knowledge to then empower their team members, rebuild the business, build that resilience that we need in our dental practices to be sustainable against future adversity. How do we become bigger, better, stronger as a team, but ensure that the business is going to survive as well? And that's what this is all about. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, you know, it's it's a brilliant series, Nikki. It really is, and I've really enjoyed talking to you about it. And you know, it sounds like I think we spoke before. It sounds a bit like we're just having a a good old chat about you know what's going on in businesses. And uh, but it's, it's, you know, it is that interesting that it's it's you know it's a pleasure to talk to you about. Um, oh, so thank you ever so much. No, thank you ever so much for taking the time. No, it's a pleasure. And, you know, I think when Andy's talking to you as well, because he's coming next week to record his, isn't he? He comes yeah. from a very different angle. He's come oh. from a corporate world, a sales background, HR background, and employment law. So Andy's take on rebuilding your business and building resilience is a slightly different approach. So it's quite a nice blend to have two trainers from very different worlds putting a course together as well. And that all fits together so well as well. We've yes. spoken about everything yeah. just it slots together, and you know it doesn't yeah. one it doesn't really work without the other. But it all makes this you know this this as you've de described it as a a wheel that you know with each of them it turns perfectly. Absolutely, and it is it is like a jigsaw as well, isn't it? You know, if you take mm. a piece of the jigsaw out, it's not complete. So Definitely. it's ensuring that we've got all those five elements in in there to build that picture and, and for it to be solid and complete. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nikki, thank you ever so much. As I say again, it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I, the last in the series, as you say, is from Andy. So um, we'll be putting that out. Um, if, across all these uh, podcasts that we're putting out as well, there'll be the link through. So if anybody wants to find out a bit more about the course, um, they can click through. Um, we can also put details to get in either contact with you or Andy if there, anybody's got any questions um, and obviously we're here as well um, so you know take a look and obviously it's it's what we've spoken about is of great interest um, so you know we'll we'll have that all there for anybody who wants to to follow that up. Fantastic. So, um, Amelia my last word is that anybody who's listening we Andy and I really want to give back to to, to your clients, to practice plan clients, some of which are mine, because you've yes. had consultancy with them. Um, you know, so we're offering a substantial discount on this business recovery certificate to practice plan members as well. So um, as, as and when you do put that link out, we'll give you the discount code. Fantastic. Apply when they register. Brilliant. Okay, so yes, we'll be sure to include all of that. So um, anybody that wants to click through and obviously take Brilliant. advantage of that offer um can do so fabulous brilliant oh. super well thank you nikki until next time um we'll uh, obviously stay in touch but thank you for all your time and we'll speak soon no it's been i've really really enjoyed it. it's been real fun talking to you amelia thank you likewise thanks take care okay you too bye right, bye bye bye, -bye.